they're all in a row and they're all taking bets and i'm driving you home but it's all just a mess and i tell you i'm slow i say i need a friend but it's miserable to play pay like that i just need you to calm me down I just need to figure my shit out I've been staying in one place too long I should've never made you my way out
Hello everyone and welcome to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Vianyash. Today I am here with... Micah Visser. Hello Micah, how are you? I'm doing great, how good. are you? Good, good. You haven't been on the show before, have you? Uh, I've been on the show <laughs> <laughs> a few times. Yeah, this is your third time. Um, Amazing. Thank you so much for coming back. This is hey, great. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad that you enjoy the show so much. I that love you the show. Decided to come back. Good. It's good to hear. See everyone. People like the show. <laughs> so this is your well. This is your third time part of the project, but your second mm-hmm. time on the radio portion. Right. Yes. Because the first time was you were one of the first blog entries. That's true. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was when it was just starting. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. In its hatchling days. Hatchling days. Nice. And, yeah, and, um, that was a good day. We were at the Forks. Yes. Yeah. I was, like, super nervous. I didn't know what I was talking about. And my hair looked awful. I have the picture. on Really? <laughs> it was so bad. It was really embarrassing. Um, anyway, um, how are you? I'm doing very well. This is going good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for people who may not know who you are, who are mm-hmm. listening, who maybe are new to the show or, mm-hmm. and haven't heard previous or read previous entries right about you, mm-hmm. what is your music like? Um, currently, it is, um, I guess, indie pop music made in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, yeah, really try to keep Winnipeg at the center of it. Uh, and currently uh yeah basically we're writing pop songs um in the past it has been indie folk i guess um and yeah basically we just put out an ep that was a bit of a sonic departure from anything we'd done before uh just trying to keep things interesting mm-hmm. what do you mean departure like what like or why did why did you decide to make that departure um, I guess, like, I had been making music uh, and putting music out since I was probably 16, um, and it was all kind of accumulating to a cassette that we put out in April 2015 called For... or, no, called OK Night, mm-hmm. um, and that was very, like, sleepy indie folk made in my bedroom, um, and then after that, I felt like it was a really good conclusion to the kind of music that I'd been working on on my own for a really long time. Uh, and at that point, I was playing with the band a lot more. And um, I don't know. I just felt like OK Night was something that was really special to me. And I didn't really want to make something that sounded like it, but different. Uh, so I made the decision then, uh, with the help of the band, that we were basically just going to completely change the style of music that we were making, but kind of try to keep the same, uh, keep the same emotion and the same heart in it. Uh, and what we came up with was basically music that used a lot more synthesizers and uh, was a lot more poppy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's just it's just kind of kind of what happened. Yeah, well, like, that makes sense. If, mm-hmm. if you people know the music, uh, then that. Straightforward. Uh, that's good. Um, so you said that you wanted to keep Winnipeg as the center. What does mm-hmm. that What does that mean? I don't know. I feel like Winnipeg, uh, and this is, this is a super common topic for Winnipeggers. I don't know, just Winnipeg in general. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to keep Winnipeg at the center. I always try to keep Winnipeg at the center because I think it's, um, I think it's a really special city, 
and I think the art that comes out of Winnipeg has a really specific identity. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is, uh, if it is good, I guess. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like it, I was actually talking about this with a friend of mine recently. I feel like uh, art in Winnipeg can go either way because we spend so many months just like locked in our basements or wherever just like freezing cold avoiding everything and just like very yeah Mm -hmm. completely alone sort of like just you know just isolated working on art or whatever we put our minds to I guess um and that can kind of go either way either we get this music or whatever uh whatever the art form that's really like introspective because we yes spend so much time just on our own working on this stuff that we get really meticulous introspective stuff or we get um art that is basically just the product of uh sitting home alone and observing everyone else what they're doing and trying to replicate that so we can kind of go either way Mm -hmm. um and I think it's important to really try to uh not be observing and replicating and really just look at what you want to be creating uh mm. yeah and really just try to be introspective uh and that's the good stuff yeah i think i think so maybe maybe that was a bit of a bag explanation but i think for me at least um living in winnipeg has shaped me in the way that i have spent a lot of time just on my own just thinking about my life thinking about the people around me and that has really shaped my music um, I think it, yeah, I think it shapes a lot of art in Winnipeg. Yeah. And um, that's what I mean, I guess, by trying to keep Winnipeg at the heart because it has a really specific identity and I try to preserve that identity in my music. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you give me an example in your music? Um, <laughs> I just feel like from the very beginning, uh, my music has always been something that I've tried to not... Um, not hold anything anything back from it um like I'm just basically writing I'm not I'm not censoring anything that I'm putting into music sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll write lyrics or write a song that's really uncomfortable for me to sing or uncomfortable for me to share or I'll need to sit on it for a while because I'll just be like there's no way I can even think about letting other people listen to it Mm um yeah uh we're talking about <laughs> like, this is I mean, a really intense topic. I mean, like, yeah, to it is. I feel like we just like dove right into yeah, really like really intense intense and... concepts. Uh, okay, I think that we were talking about uh, an example of yeah Winnipeg uh, being Winnipeg, here. like in, an example of my music representing Winnipeg in the way that it's introspective. Yes, right. Uh, well, how about we use the example of keeping up? Because we we opened with that with yeah. that song. Is there examples of Winnipeg that you can think of right away? That not like direct examples of Winnipeg, but I feel like Winnipeg has. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is going way off the rails. No, I. Uh, <laughs> Let's not talk about it anymore. Right, yeah, it's just important to think. I, but what you were saying, I think, really kind of hit home with me because, like, thinking about like myself as a musician mm-hmm. rather than how I can fit in with everyone around me. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm taking from your from what you're saying. Hopefully, that's what you meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If not, then there you go. There's no way to look at it. Because what I'm trying to write an EP right now, and I am very influenced by certain people 
not necessarily how some people in Winnipeg where they're kind of going with like and how they their musical journey has gone but with a lot of bigger names like I want to people to think oh that's the artist she was thinking of when she was writing like mm-hmm. this kind of music and I'm my music is very quickly changing right now it's I keep mm-hmm. calling it it's like this metamorphosis because it is changing and I, I like how you said like thinking about like, yourself and what you want to do because when I, uh, I'm talking to Roland so my mentor he keeps saying that too like it should be music that you want to perform mm-hmm. that you want to um, sing and because mm-hmm. it's really you're going to make money off the show rather than the online presence mm-hmm. like, online presence is important but you're not going to make money off selling your music like, maybe some people will but not many people do yeah no it's definitely not the primary source of income for any artist right now yeah. really you, it's got to be the show so thinking about that is super mm-hmm. important but you've got that covered like you do really well with your live performances um uh what was i going to say about that um so another thing that you'd mentioned uh you have a certain like emotion that you wanted to keep going on through your your eps and your and your music what mm-hmm. what is that emotion I think just, like, a lot of nostalgia, like, especially OK Night was, basically I wrote it uh, during high school, uh, leading up to the very end of high school, when I graduated, and all of your friends kind of start moving away, and everything is a little bit weird. Slow. Yeah, and you really start realizing, uh, yeah, just reality starts setting in, I guess. Um, so I wrote it, yeah, all through high school. Some of the songs I wrote, like, early high school, uh, some of them, yeah, some of them I wrote, most of them I guess I wrote right at the end. Um, so there was a lot of nostalgia in that, and I think in the same way that OK Night, um, was about those teenage years and the time in high school, I feel like forward was stepping out into a new realm of, like, everybody now is living in apartments and trying to figure out how to be adults or... Um, and pay for things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, that that reality now has start, started setting in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of the, um, yeah, just the bittersweet things that come with entering new stages of life. Mm-hmm. I always just find myself drawn to that because I think it's just so strange how, especially, yeah, late teens or early 20s, you just start, yeah, realizing so many things all the time. Like, there's so many epiphanies happening, like, every day. Um, And I think that's really important to try to put that into music Mm because, yeah, it's basically just life. Yeah, and everyone can relate at some point, whether they're mm-hmm. experiencing it at that moment or they did. Yeah, absolutely. Clever. Um, so that being said, you had you write things that make you uncomfortable to sing about. Mm-hmm. Right? How do you know that it's going to be okay that you can still perform these these lyrics, even though they do make you uncomfortable? <laughs> uh, a lot of the time, uh, it's actually a strategy of mine that when I write lyrics that are really like just uncomfortably intimate or personal I won't really sing them uh, when I'm rehearsing the song when we're practicing them with the band I won't sing them the only time that I really will say the words is when I'm recording them or when I'm performing them live so in that way it's just like whenever 
whenever there's a line that has been really hard for me to write, like actually put on paper and actually like accept that I'm going to make that those lyrics a part of the song, um, it can be just like this crazy release of emotion or whatever that is Mm -hmm. when I actually do end up like yeah singing them in a recording or singing them live and I feel like it makes that mean more Mm -hmm. uh yeah but can be really just uncomfortable that's really interesting (laughs) so how do you how do you know when when it's if it's too personal you're not you say you don't like to hold back but is there at any point you're like okay maybe not Sometimes I wish that I hadn't, like, gone that far really? uh, afterwards, but, like, usually, I don't know, usually I, I don't know, I just, I just put the words down and then it just ends up continuing to be the words be until the I'm words. just like, oh, I guess these are the lyrics now and then, <laughs> and then I need to perform them and then they need to be on a recording forever and, yeah, I mm. know, it's, it's weird sometimes. So does that end up being, like, is that first, like, emotional, like, super, like, raw feeling that you write down, does that end up being, like, your first and only drafts? Or do you do, do you go through lyric drafts? Like, I find myself going through a lot of drafts, generally. Okay. Um, it also, it really varies. I found, especially with Forward, um, instead of just writing everything on acoustic guitar like I'd been doing before, Um, I was writing entire demos, like, from the ground up with drums in right away, with, like, you know, bass in right away. All of the instrumentation, basically, I would make at the same time as writing the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so everything um, just changed a lot. Um, Sorry, what was the question? Um, Darn it. No, I, what you were saying was going, kind of going off to a yeah. tangent that worked really well. Yeah, it was going to come With back. drafts, like writing, um, with writing lyrics, you asked right. if you have drafts, yeah. and you drafts. said that you, you're usually writing it all at the same time. Yes. So that makes sense with lyrics could change depending on where you're going with it. Yes, but, exactly. And the way that I write changes a lot. So sometimes I'll write a song just like completely one go, like I'll just ad-lib it and then write down words that sound like the words that I ad-libbed and then those will be the lyrics or sometimes I'll really meticulously just like write down every lyric from the ground up you know Mm -hmm. so it it can vary a lot and how does that how has it changed now that you have a band that mostly is performing do you still Mm -hmm. write their parts or are they now I think I remember in the last interview saying that they do have more um involvement in the writing process yeah it's a lot more of a collaboration now um what is happening now the way that we do it is i i write these songs with all the instruments in there like i it's a lot of like software stuff um i put down like software drums and then like most of the keyboards just like emulations and then uh and then i take it to the band and then they take the parts and improve them a bunch because I'm okay at most instruments but I'm not really good at any instruments really (laughs) (laughs) so it's like yeah no basically I can put the ideas down uh but the specific like yeah intricacies of each instrument is not my strong suit which is why it's so great and super liberating to take it to people who are amazing at their instruments that can just add so much depth and so much 
yeah, so much more to these parts. Mm -hmm. So it's a really, I feel like we've found a really good way of collaborating on songs that are still really personal for me and still feel right for me. Yeah. But also everybody does have a say in it, and mm -hmm. I think it just makes a better product. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so let's rewind okay. completely, like even before like this conversation mm -hmm. and everything. Why did you decide to get into music? <laughs> Uh, like you were writing your like your EPs in like high school. Yeah. Um, but how did that even get started? Honestly, uh, well, I, I guess I'd been playing music for a while. I had I, I played violin, like classical violin, from when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, I and remember then, that from our very very first. Interview. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's how it all started, I guess. And then, uh, just the way that my childhood went there were always a lot of instruments in my house okay uh like for a little while um my cousin was keeping his drums in our uh in our house because he didn't have anywhere to store them and then um my brother played guitar so there was always a guitar in the house you know just there was stuff around and I would always pick up and play whatever I could but it was okay. always just like <clears throat> just what I wanted to do, I guess. I was never really, like, specifically setting out to practice or learn an instrument. I just sort of became familiar with them because they were around and I was practicing. Um, yeah, and then I guess at some point I just started recording because I had a MacBook with GarageBand, and it was just, like, I just found it was a really natural progression. I just was doing what I thought was fun and what I felt like doing mm -hmm. and then eventually it started becoming something that I was like oh maybe I would eventually want to share this with people and then my brother Joey who plays lead guitar in the band now is the first person that ever convinced me to actually share it with people put it on the internet so I put some songs on the internet and people were just really nice about them I started playing some shows and then I went to a recording school out of high school uh and I guess that's probably when I realized that I wanted to actually make a career out of what I was doing now. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is coming up on two years since I started at um, the recording school. And then it's well, just my life are. now. Yeah, yeah. And then this is what this has become. <laughs> and you've been doing really well for yourself. Um, Thank you. I've heard of Whenever I talk about you with other people, they're just in love with you, yeah. in love with your music, and That's you're a, nice. a good person. That also helps. <laughs> so you, uh, yeah, that helps. Um, so you just, <laughs> you just came off of a well, maybe about a month mm -hmm. now, but yeah. um, you were on a tour mm -hmm. for your most recent re released EP, mm -hmm. Forward. Um, how did that go? It was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, touring is fun. It's always a little bit of a struggle, definitely, especially for early tours because, like, basically um, I'm really happy with the community we've built in Winnipeg and mm -hmm. the people who come to the shows and, like, just basically friends now that like the music and that know the words to the songs. Uh, it's been tough to get that in other cities, find a way to make that happen organically. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Like, I don't know, it's always it's always tough, but the positive side of that is when you actually do start seeing those those people responding really well, and you mm -hmm. start making those connections in these new cities that you've never been in before, 
um, yeah, that's what makes it all worth it, even though it's a lot of time and it's a lot of driving and it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and the other thing is that uh, everybody in this band, uh, Catlin, Mike, Joey, and I, we all get along really, really well. So even if we go to, like, I don't know, anyway, like some tiny city between Winnipeg and somewhere in eastern Canada, it's just like, even if we play a terrible show, we're still all friends, and then we talk about it, and we're like, okay. How can we work on this? Yeah, exactly. How can we make this better? And then at the end of the day, it's just fun, because we're all just hanging out, driving a bunch, and you know just being bros exactly yeah well, you are like legitimately brothers that's yeah why I there said you that. go I wouldn't being say bros. that I don't mean like as in like right like bro yeah <laughs> anyway um so I, I remember in our last <clears throat> interview you had just released I Will Not Return to the Tourist yes um and there was talks about an EP mm-hmm. um I don't remember if you actually told me that you were making one at that point or it was like hinting at it. I think you're just going mm-hmm one at a time yeah um wh- where did that um what was the decision they're like okay i had these two songs okay now we're gonna make an ep yeah what was that transition phase uh yeah basically we put out i will not return as a tourist um we had a couple sessions over this summer where we worked on a couple songs and what came out of that was super eight and i will not return as a tourist a really early version of super eight and the version of I Will Not Return as a Tourist that we then released in November. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from those sessions, those were the two songs that I had that I felt good about. I Will Not Return as a Tourist turned out better than Super 8. Um, it had been a couple months since we'd put out anything. It was right before the first tour that we did ever. Um, so I just wanted to keep putting music out for people to hear and kind of mark the really big sonic progression that we'd undergone in a really short period of time because mm-hmm. it went to okay night to that which was yeah just like really big and I, it, that is a big transition like, yeah yeah it's a little, very different sound yeah um yeah so i guess i will not return as a tourist was just the way for me to say to people that that was no. the kind of music yeah exactly it's like no it's <laughs> not exactly <laughs> yeah and um people were really nice about it and people responded really well which was really comforting for me because I was kind of scared that everything that I like built up for okay night Mm -hmm. I thought that maybe just nobody would like the fact that it sounded so different yeah yeah yeah, it was but also just everybody who had responded well to okay night also responded well to Island Archer as a tourist so after that that was kind of reaffirmation that people liked it and I liked it um so we kept working on that for a while just focused on playing some shows in Winnipeg we went on another tour all that kind of stuff and then over the course of those few months I was just constantly writing and demoing on my computer we were constantly rehearsing and tweaking and figuring out how to make these songs sound good Um, and then just after we got back from tour in March we went back into the studio recorded the rest of the songs I spent um, a month or two mixing with um, Ryan McVeigh, who produced everything, and then we came out with Forward uh, in September. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Oh, thank <laughs> so you. That really well. <laughs> um, we're going to take a little break in just a second. Um, 
we're not going to listen to song number four. We're going to go back in time. Yes. <laughs> Let's go recently. back in time. Uh, to one of your original EPs. Yes. Before OK Night. Before OK Night. What was the EP called? Uh, this EP was called Today is Nearly Over. Today is Nearly Over. And it's the B-side of the cassette that we are putting out of Forward. Mm-hmm. Because you're doing a cassette reissue. Yes. On November 26th. That's why she wore your hair. Yes. <laughs> Handsome daughter. Everybody should come. Yeah, everyone needs to come and and enjoy the show. Mm -hmm. So the A side is forward, but the B side is this um, this original EP. And why did you decide to put this EP on the B side? Um, It was actually not my idea. It was um, it was Austin from Birthday Tapes, uh, who is the like co co owner. I guess I don't know what. His label would, or his name would be, or his formal, anyway, whatever. Title? Yeah, title, there you go. Um, It was his idea, he's the, Birthday Tapes is basically in charge of the reissue, right? Um, You know, the whole thing was their, you know, prerogative, they set up everything. Um, And I was thinking just, like, put on a couple of B-sides or songs that didn't make it onto Forward, or Mm -hmm. just little demos I had or something, but he had actually heard the EP long time ago oh. when I put it out, and he liked it. I have taken it off the internet like long time ago. Yeah, I can't find it. Yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody can. But he he liked it, so he suggested that we put it on the B side. And then I listened to it again, and I thought this is kind of nice because it doesn't sound like forward, but it also. I don't know. I feel like what I was saying about the emotion, emotion. and all that, like it still is the same style of songwriting, yeah. even if it's a little bit less developed and a little bit less polished. So I think it was actually worth sharing. So this is Teenagers from Today's Nearly Over.
black light So stay right where you are You typical teenager Welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Banyash. I am still here with Mike Visser. Hello. Hello. We just finished listening to your song Teenagers, mm-hmm. which was created and released on a earlier EP that is yes. no longer on the internet. I probably wrote that song when I was 15. Oh, a little, Maybe 16. A little baby Micah. A little baby Micah. Um, and, uh, but you can still listen to it. It's going to be on the B side mm-hmm. of your cassette which is getting reissued mm-hmm. which you can get at their show at the handsome daughter on november 26th mm-hmm. um when is, when is that like what time is that happening uh i think doors are at eight o'clock p.m you think i'm not honestly i have no idea <laughs> good that's good i probably should have asked before i hit record that's fine um cover ten dollars ten dollars okay and is anyone else playing with you yes uh we have great locals Lev Snow and Not Me performing. Oh, Not Me. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Not Me is great. Isaiah. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I interviewed him for the Music Project. I think I was his first interview. You definitely uh, were. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I listened to that interview. It was oh, very yeah. nice. I uh, said that you produced his um, his EP. Yes. Yeah, the one that he uh, he did a while ago called Sinking. Mm-hmm. We worked together on that, and it was super fun. Yeah. And also, yeah, no, that whole band is just like... Great. It's a whole band now? Yeah. I have not been keeping up with him. Oh, i got to bring him back into the show. Yeah, and, and you need to come on. Yeah. Yeah, to uh, to the show. It's, yeah. <laughs> to, the, okay. to the concert show. <laughs> it's confusing. Uh, you dork. And he, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's playing with a full band now. Uh, it's oh, great. Oh, that makes me happy. And, uh, yeah, no, his, uh, his whole band, a bunch of, bunch of great, great people. Mm-hmm. His music's good. Yeah. Like, lovely. I remember, um, I was really impressed when I first heard it. I was like, wow, this is going to go places. Sweet. Anyway, let's get into, back to you. This is about you, if you didn't know. Um, (laughs) I forgot. Uh, (laughs) so I really want to, like, uh, open your mind about songwriting, Mm -hmm. because I am not the best lyricist in the world. I struggle so hard with lyrics. Mm -hmm. We had talked about it a little bit briefly with, like, being personal and stuff, and you do you said that your your songwriting style does tend to change, mm-hmm. I guess depending on the month or how you're feeling. But generally, uh, what are some techniques that you've done that have been successful that have really worked with you, or some advice that you can give in, in terms of songwriting and lyrics? Um, I would maybe struggle a little bit to give advice because okay. the way that I have always written is really just. Um, Intuitive, I guess. Okay. Maybe, maybe that not intuitive is the, that might not be the right word. Just like I try to think about when I'm writing as little as possible. I just what <laughs> I <know, laughs> I just like basically the way that I find myself writing most often is I will just play a chord progression or just find music that I like. I'll create music somehow, be it on a computer or find a chord progression on guitar or play the keyboard, whatever. And then I will just basically make noises with my mouth, make like some sort of melody um, until I 
find something that feels good or feels right or just mm-hmm. yeah makes me feel something basically and then usually I will find that the sounds that I'm making sound like words and the more I do it the more they become real words and then usually I can create a first draft just by making noises that sound like words that sort of work with the melody that work with the music that I'm creating and it all kind of comes together at the same time and then after that that's when I start looking at where the weak points are be it like lyrics or yeah, be it the music, just trying to go back and then fix the problem areas, make the words mean something that is just makes more sense, um, try to yeah, make it more consistent, and then if there are problems with the songs, if yeah, certain certain areas just aren't doing it for me, I will rewrite them. And that's, I guess it's not really great advice because it's, it's not I'm not happy with that yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. More. No, no, no. Um, so what kind of words are these like are they like are they actual sentences or like when you're when you're first plugging in words before you start editing them mm-hmm. or what or is it a sentence or is it just like random okay um, well syllables that sound kind of like words I guess like you could give the example of the song that we're going to play in a little bit uh, I will not return as a tourist um, basically I started that, um, that song, I just like, I don't know where it came from, but I, I always have notes on my phone, like probably most other songwriters is mm-hmm. I'm always writing little notes on the notes thing on my phone. I said notes a lot of time, but, um, basically I had the line lately. I've been feeling so strange, wake up dreaming of cheap love and airplanes. And then I basically... Uh, found a chord progression. That's in the song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I found the chord progression, and then I was scrolling through my notes, and I found that, and then it kind of just fit the feeling, I guess. Um, and then I started with that, and then I just just made magic. just kind of made the noises, and then it became the rest of the words okay. to the song, I guess. Or like I knew that I, uh, I knew that I. I don't know. I at that point was really into uh, like David Lynch films, uh, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to reference Blue Velvet. Yeah. So then I referenced Blue Velvet. Yeah, <laughs> very like, not discreet. Just like, no, it's, no, not even like in a sentence. Just no, Blue just, Velvet. Just saying it, right? Yeah. But then like it, it ties in with the jazz singer thing because there's this the really singer. yeah like yeah. really visually distinct scene like basically like yeah like one of the most iconic scenes from that movie is just that yeah. Jazz singer singing okay. Blue Velvet. I still haven't seen the movie. I remember I was going to watch it after that interview that we had because you mentioned oh, really? David Lynch and mm-hmm. I talked to my boyfriend about it and he's like, he loves films and mm-hmm. um, still watched it. Maybe I should do that now. I would strongly recommend mm-hmm. most of David Lynch's films because oh. they're so visually interesting and just like, yeah, just crazy, crazy narratives. Mm-hmm. So, um, continuing with songwriting, you, you wanted to, like, you had, like, that, that first line, and you wanted to remember and save a lynch. Um, how do you, um, sorry, yeah. uh, make that, how do you make an overarching theme, like, for all of it to fit together into, a, like, a cohesive, like, not maybe story or moral, but, like, mm-hmm. like a theme, like, something yeah. you know, like, oh, that song is about, I don't know. Right. Usually, I will be reading the lyrics over mm-hmm. and then I'll just realize somehow that they do have a lot of things in common like I realized that I will not return as a tourist was basically just about 
being restless, feeling trapped, um, frustrated. Like, I don't know, it's mm-hmm. sort of dark in that sense, I guess. But yeah, I just realized that most of the words in that song was just me telling a story of like, I've been here all summer. I feel like I haven't done a lot this summer. Um, yeah, just like something, need to get out of here something, something needs crazy. to change. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, I, yeah, I just felt very set in a routine and that I needed to break out of that. Uh, so then after that, basically, that's when I came up with the I will not return as a tourist thing. And it's just like, you know, don't be a spectator in your own life. Don't be an observer. Be an active participant, you know? Yeah. Um, that's really good. Yeah, that's that's sort of how I guess I tie it back to a theme. And then I, I'll change some lyrics and I'll yeah. rewrite some things to make it all work at that point. But, Yeah usually the the skeleton of the song gets written pretty fast and then it's all just a matter of figuring out what its strong suits are and tying it all back into one Mm -hmm. consistent thing. Okay, and do you ever have any um, struggles with, like, multiple, like, themes or, like, things you're trying to say into one song? Mm -hmm. I usually find that when that happens, I just end up cutting the song completely. I have so many half-finished demos on my computer because I'll just be like, this song is a mess, and there's no way that I can possibly fix this song because I'm not, like... Ready. Yeah, exactly. And then if a song is... Yeah, I guess sometimes a song just works pretty quickly. Like, I wrote most of the words for I Will Not Return as a Tourist in, like, 15 minutes and then went and rewrote it. But then a lot of the time, I'll write a song in 15 minutes, and then I'll realize that it's just all over the place and that there's no possible way, really, that I can tie it all back together. And then it's just a matter of being able to scrap it and move on and find something else that you like. How do you scrap that? How do you just know that, like, this is not... How do you know? Because I have been holding on to some Mm -hmm. songs for years. Like, I have this one song I've I've been writing since like the beginning of this and I started writing music and I mm-hmm. just can't let it go. How, okay. do you, how do you know to let it go? Well, I think if you can't let it go, then that's enough of a reason to keep holding on to it, right? I find... It's driving me crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and maybe that'll end up being the best song that you ever wrote once you yeah. finally break through that. I don't know. I think I am a very strong believer in just going with your gut and going with what feels right. Okay. And usually if I find the idea of letting go not that difficult then that's enough of a reason for me to completely scrap it and move on because I know that eventually I will find that song that makes me like just feels right you know yeah all right well fine I'll just I'm trying I'm like I keep asking everyone that I am like I'm just looking for like someone to tell me because I don't know what to do Uh, I just want to practice my lyric writing I guess and suck it up (laughs) um so when you were on your touring, mm-hmm. uh, or your tour that you just recently finished, you had had some time, or some shows cancel, mm-hmm. and you had been doing some mountain recordings, so that's yes. the word you use. What is that? Mountain recording. What does that mean? Okay. <laughs> Basically, did I use mountain recording? Did I just uh, You said mountain? you went to the mountains and started recording, and then uh, I wrote down mountain Mountain recording, sure, yeah. Uh, no, basically what happened was... Um, we had some bad luck on our way to Vancouver. We had a couple dates fall through. Just wasn't really working. Uh, so we were basically stranded in Western Canada for like five days without anything really to do. So... Uh, Should have just busked. 
any money. Yeah, we could. <laughs> that that would have been another option. But <laughs> what we chose to do was rent an Airbnb in Golden, BC, um, and just set up all of our instruments, uh, rent some recording gear from Long and McQuaid, and just like yeah, just rehearse a bunch and put down whatever we can. Uh, so we got like five five songs that we've been. Um, playing around with we recorded them all and I still don't really know what's going to happen to it and they might just be demos or they might be the real recordings but it's it was really nice to just like have that time completely isolated from everything to just like yeah just work on these songs with Mm -hmm. just the four of us and are these songs that you have already written or that you had written at this this wherever you were Mm -hmm. in the mountains most of the songs were songs that I had written on my computer but had not yet taken to the band. Okay. So I had the demos, I had the parts written, like I was saying before, like I had the skeletons of the songs, but I had not yet taken it to everyone else. So we listened to the songs, we, you know, everybody learned the parts and then changed the parts to make them better, and then we recorded them and... Okay, so these were songs that you hadn't even, like, performed. And then after that, that, I guess, moment, or those, that, whatever, mm-hmm. you, uh, did you end up performing those songs in later sets or gigs not currently we're right now we're doing one new one uh maybe two i'm not really sure what we're gonna what we're gonna do right now will some of these songs possibly be at the cassette reissue possibly but you're gonna need to come to find out we'll have to come to the handsome daughter at november 26th possibly at 8 Mm -hmm. p.m we aren't sure probably 8 p.m probably come early yeah have some drinks hang out yeah say hi it's gonna be great yeah um so why do you decide to stretch them out like that? Is it one, maybe two? Are they just because they're not ready yet? Or? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's uh, at this point, coming off of just putting out Forward, which was really an intense thing for me for like a year, basically. Ever since putting out OK Night, deciding that I wanted it to sound the way that it sounds now, basically it was a matter of teaching myself how to make pop music that also suits my voice and basically working against a lot of things to make the music that we're making now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I guess coming off of that, I just want to give forward a little bit of time to just, you know, yeah, be its thing. It's like I put it out three months ago and I was working on that. only been three months? Only been September 9th it came out. Oh, wow. So... I don't know if school makes life. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Um, so with, do you think your next collection of music, whatever it is, an EP mm-hmm. full length, do you think it'll have a different sound to it? Because you were folky indie and now you're mm-hmm. pop and do you think it's going to be something completely different? Definitely want to keep it pop for a while. Yeah? I like it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's super fun. And I think a big reason that I decided to go in this direction is because, um, yeah, no, I just enjoyed playing the songs with a kick drum at 120 something BPM the most uh, from Stuff on OK Night. So we're having a lot of fun with it live right now. And it's true, like it was a really intense process to figure out how to make it work for a while. So now that I feel like I've finally you know, found something that works, I want to keep it, keep it pop for a while, at least. That's good. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, 
Oh, I wasn't even really going to say anything. I was just going to say, like, obviously the sound is going to progress a little bit for whatever we do next, but definitely want to keep it in this world of, you know, Indeed. pop music. Pop. pop. Yeah, sure. Uh, great. No, that's good. Um, I like how you said that you wanted to work with the pop sound to work with your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't remember why I wanted to ask that. Um, <laughs> like, pop, when you think of like, the usually those, like large, big, yeah. dramatic voices, um, which I, I don't have one of those, and I write pop. Or I right. say I write pop. Um, how did you make it work? Uh, I think when I had my, like... I guess not great. Yeah, epiphany. Not like it's. It wasn't big enough to call it a breakthrough. But when, like, a breakthrough for me uh, is when I realized that, like, it doesn't need to be. Um, I don't know. It doesn't need to compare to a typical pop vocalist. I feel like what we've gotten to now is almost just like parodying the concept of, you know, like a really larger than life, really charismatic pop front man, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. I just feel like the the concept of that is a little bit ridiculous, mm-hmm. maybe, and okay. especially for me, because I'm just like, I don't know, it's just not me at all. So when I realized that it could actually work is when I was just like, okay, this is pop music, uh, these melodies would be really pop if somebody else was singing them, maybe, but let's just make it work this is all yeah, we got. <laughs> exactly. So let's just accept the fact that I'm not super charismatic and not like. I think you're charismatic. Oh, thank I'm, you. No, I, I think you're thinking of like a bold, like super. Uh, yeah, like larger than life. Yeah, extrovert. Like yeah. really loud and bouncy. And you're charismatic in like a quirky way. Like it, it works for you. Like I thank think. You. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to like suck up to you. I, I right. genuinely think that you have a really, really good. Like I guess brand or image working for your music. Okay. Um, I really wanted to say something about that, and it's gone. Oh no. Um. So now that you kind of have your sound, uh, things are going really well for you. You still need to balance all of this with real life. Every life being not music. Mm-hmm. I sometimes think that real music is not real life. Right. How do you balance? going on tour, working, friends and family, relationships. How do you balance all of that? Honestly, I'm not good at that. No, <laughs> and, and then no one is. Like, everyone's like, yeah. barely? Ha, yeah. Ha, ha. No, that's totally fair. But how are you doing it to make it work? Okay, the way that I'm doing it to make it work, I guess, is just like, um, I, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, I do the best that I can in my life. I think just identifying that right now this is what... I'm doing and just accepting that this is just the way that it's going to go is, I don't know, at least how I've accepted it. I think, um, I think realizing that it's not going to be forever is a way that I kind of cope with it, I guess, Mm -hmm. a little bit. You don't think you'll be doing music forever? I might be, but sometimes thinking that I also have an escape plan is the oh. way that I deal with it. I don't know. Okay. This is really... So you're not locking yourself into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I always, always, always am just like, yeah, just thinking about what I can be doing if 
this dissolves or if I stop wanting to do this, like if I lose the like drive to be doing this mm-hmm. all the time, if I lose that motivation or if it stops being fun and if it stops being fulfilling, uh, I'm always thinking of what I will do if that stops. That helps existing. you? For me, it does because like right now... That would na- just freak me out. <laughs> I would be like, what? It, it freaks me out a little bit, but I think it's just like right now... The amount of time that I am putting into this, that the whole band is putting into this, the amount of, like, yeah, just the amount of work that it is for everyone, uh, the amount of a commitment it is, I think it's just, yeah, it, it, it just could be crippling if I didn't, uh, if I didn't know that I could be doing other things and that I could be happy doing other things. That makes sense. Like, if you think, like, this is all I have. Like, if this doesn't work out, then I have nothing. Mm -hmm. That's even more terrifying, I think. Exactly. that makes sense. Yeah. I agree with you. So I think, yeah, keeping relationships strong, like, especially with my family or, Mm -hmm. you know, close friends, that kind of thing. That's really important. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Duh. Um, (laughs) Yeah, really important for me to just keep things in perspective and be like, this is what I love to do. I'm really happy doing this right now. Um, But, you know, there's other other options. Mm -hmm. That's how I stay sane, I guess. That's fair. That's that's good. That's honestly good (laughs) advice. Like, I was thinking like it's crazy you don't want to take it so seriously but you do need to be realistic yeah there are a lot of Winnipeg musicians there are a lot of Canadian musicians Mm -hmm. who make really great music Mm -hmm. that may not be doing it for their entire lives and there there may be the one the couple that do Mm -hmm. um, but it's been a while since someone has right but I'm not saying that you're not going to but um, anyway yeah you got any advice for people who are listening who want to make mm. their own music or who love your music and wants to um, replicate it? I don't know. Um, well, I would say don't replicate my music. Cause... I, was gonna say, I knew you were going to say that. I, like, I never <laughs> worried it like that. Um, no, I think... Or maybe they're just inspired by your sound. That'd be really nice. I feel <laughs> like... Um, I feel like right now I'm probably not really in a position to be giving other people advice because, yeah, right now it's still, like, really, really I disagree. Hmm. That's why I'm asking for it. Okay. All right. Okay, well, if I had to give, (laughs) if I had to give advice to somebody, I'd just be, I'd just say, um... Just don't listen to me. Just be authentic, you know, just like genuinely, it sounds cheesy, but just do what's in your heart. Cause at the end of the day, that's the only thing that people are going to care about. Nobody's going to care if you are echoing somebody else's sentiments. I, I always just the only, the only music that I want to listen to is when I have genuinely heard a sentiment that I have not heard before or um, just like... Or it said in that way. Yeah, exactly. Like I want to I want to hear something new or I want to hear somebody thinking about something in a different way than I have or I want somebody to be, I don't know, yeah, just presenting something, an emotion or an idea in a way that I have not thought about it or felt about it before. So the only way that you're going to make anything that's compelling at all is if you are 
just like really digging as deep as possible and saying something in as creative a way as you can possibly say it. <laughs> Great. That's not, that is genuinely some good advice. Thank to be, you. To be generous. People forget that. It's so a we, really lofty, lofty goal, but I, I don't know. That's, try your best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try your best. <laughs> we do need to start wrapping up because we are running out of time, mm-hmm. but where can people find you on social media? People can find me on, on the internet. my website at Micah Visser. That's M-I-C-A-H-V-I-S-S-E-R dot com. Um, or they can find us on Tumblr or Facebook or Twitter. Instagram, Instagram. yeah, Instagram's a big one now, actually. I've I been, love Instagram. Instagram's fun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you should probably find us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> just whatever. We're on Google. everything, you know? Yeah, just Google, Google Micah Visser. It's M-I-C-A-H, by the way, and it's pronounced Micah. A lot of people Mika. struggle with that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Mika. And that's that's fine. I understand that. But anyway, if you want to uh, find it, exactly, yeah. it's wrong. Uh, so come out to the show. Uh, mm-hmm. The cassette reissue for Forward. It's also got a sneaky secret old EP on part mm-hmm. uh, part B or side B. Yeah, it's going to be at the Handsome Daughter, uh, November twenty sixth. It should also be noted that there are only fifty cassettes, and oh. the you should probably get there early. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can't, can't guarantee anything. I know it's that be crazy. a lot of people like not me. A lot of people like Lev Snow. Um, yeah, get there. We got a pretty good crowd out for the first forward release when we did it just on CD. So mm-hmm. hopefully, yeah, I have one. So. Great. Yeah. Thanks for getting anything. You, anything you want to add <laughs> before we go? Um, no, not really. Just like. Guys, probably come to the daughter because it's going to be really fun and it's just a nice party celebration of good vibes and nice music. Great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> good vibes. Yeah. So, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. If you want to re listen to this interview or listen to any previous interviews or read them, I've had with Micah Visser, you can find them on winnipegmusicproject.com, umfm.com. Uh, we are now on Google Play, so uh, if you want to Whoa. listen to the Winnipeg Music Project there, you totally can as well. You can also download the, 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 um, um, the app. The app, thank you. Um, the UMFM app, and I think you can listen to them there. I'm not actually sure. I should check that out. Um, make sure to follow the Winnipeg Music Project on Facebook, iTunes, not iTunes, sorry, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we're trying to get on iTunes, so I keep messing that up. Um, this has been Micah Visser uh, promoting his upcoming cassette reissue at the Handsome Daughter on November 26th. We are now going to be listening to I Will Not Return as a Tourist. Lately I've been feeling so strange Wake up dreaming of cheap love and airplanes I could never take what I needed Our moments of pleasure were fleeting And lately I've been feeling so cruel This weak plastic portrait painted of you I could never draw out a meaning Nothing more than a dishonest feeling But you know it's not in me tonight No words, nothing inside 
Lately I've been feeling so restless I drove to a small town last weekend Just to see where my head is It's not here All I found was a lounge with a jazz singer Blue velvet But how high do we need to get before we see We're stuck on the ground up and saving money For a Greyhound ticket And I swear I'll be getting out soon Mind, it's always rushing to the net 